Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 2137. Be prepared to be inspired. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah. Guess what? I'm across the pond again. I seem to travel over to the UK quite often. I'm in West Levant in England with a very special guest by the name of Isabel Adendo. I love saying that. Isabel, welcome to Cars Yeah. Do you have it in gear, and are you ready to release the clutch? I sure do, Mark. Great to meet you. We're going to have some fun today. Now, since we're going to be talking about an iconic brand and going EV, I don't think there's going to be a clutch to release, but we'll get into that in a minute. But first, I want to ask you this before I give you a proper introduction. What's one little thing that people don't know about you, Isabel? So one little thing that is motor related before I go off on a random tangent or subject is that the first vehicle that I learned to drive in, or I should say on, was a tractor and not a car. Oh, well, that's kind of cool. Now, Do you recall what brand tractor it was? I do. It was a 1967 Nuffield tractor. (laughs) Well, that's pretty cool. Well, that's interesting. Did you grow up on a farm? I didn't. I didn't. It was a. It was an old tractor that we used to use on the coast to to tow boats across the beach and launch them into the water. Well, that sounds even more romantic. So I like that. <laughs> yeah, versus plowing up dirt or uh, chasing cows <laughs> across a field. So very interesting. Well, that's kind of fun. You know, in our pre-show chat, I spoke about my grandfather being a farmer, and as a kid in junior high, I remember going to visit him and getting to drive one of his tractors and his trucks out across the field because I grew up in a city where if you didn't have a license you weren't supposed to be driving. So kind of fun stuff. I like that. Cool. Absolutely. Well, let me give you a proper introduction because I'm very excited to talk about this brand that you're involved with and what's happening with it moving into the future. Isabel Dando is the... Dando. I just love saying that. (laughs) Isabel Dando is heading up the revival of the historic brand Moak. Y'all all remember what Moaks are as CEO of Moak International. She has been leading the company through its relaunch and into a new era with the full electrification of the brand. That's right. They're going electric. Moak International was was recently acquired by the EV Technology Group, a company that specializes in electrifying iconic brands to redefine the joy of motoring for the electric age. The new electric moke represents a clean air evocation of one of British's most celebrated automotive icons and will be delivered to customers throughout the summer of 2022. Isabella is leading the global expansion with its first international market entry in the Mark's second spiritual home, Saint-Tropez. Now, that's where we should be today to have some fun in a moke, Saint-Tropez. Isabel's career includes working at Jaguar Land Rover, BMW, and Rolls-Royce. Yes, that brand. We'll be back in just a moment. But first, a word from our valued sponsor, so please give them a little love, and we'll be right back. My friends at Covercraft offer you 10 different options. That's right, 10 for your vehicle's protection. You can choose from WeatherShield HP, HD, Sunbrella, Ultratect, Reflect, FormFit, Custom View Shield, and their newest five-layer all-climate cover, three-layer moderate climate cover, and a five-layer indoor option. You have all sorts of ways to protect your car. All of these are custom-tailored by Covercraft's 
talented craftspeople. It's the form and fit with the quality to attention to detail that's been their standard since 1965. Surface protection is the best way to preserve the investment you've made in your vehicles. It's what I do. Covercraft protects cars, trucks, motorcycles, RVs, trailers, and watercraft too. I have a Covercraft cover for every one of my vehicles, and I've got a deal for you. If you use the code YEAH21, Y-E-A-H-21, at Covercraft.com, they'll give you 10% off your order, plus you get free shipping. That's right, 10% off and free shipping. Just use the code YEAH21 at checkout. Covercraft, protecting the things that move you. American Collectors Insurance has been my go-to collector car insurance company. They cover all sorts of collectible cars and protect those old vehicles that we really love. But did you know they also insure your valuable collections of automobilia and other collectibles? If you're like me, you've invested in a lot of cool collectibles over the years. Those items are valuable. And if you were to lose them in a theft or a fire, well, try to get your normal homeowner's insurance to pay you what they're worth. Good luck with that. American Collectors Insurance provides you with assurance and confidence that your collectibles are fully covered. They insure a lot of items, including automobilia, wine, baseball cards, books, figurines, die-cast models, model trains, glassware, sports memorabilia, toys, and a whole lot more. American Collectors Insurance, they've been protecting us enthusiasts since 1976. They provide you with an agreed value insurance policy backed by a long history of taking care of their clients. Give them a call today for your personal agreed value quote at 866-ACI-YEAH. That's 866-224-9324. Tell them you're a friend of mine, Mark Rains here at Cars Yeah. American Collectors Insurance. Classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors. Automotive enthusiasts just like you and me. That's American Collectors Insurance. So, Isabel, we are back. So I love what you're doing, but I want to first talk a little bit about your history, how you got into the automotive industry. You've worked some with some pretty iconic brands. I mean, Jaguar, Land Rover, BMW, Rolls-Royce. I mean, these are some brands that we all know around the world. And then you evolved into Moak, which is very interesting. But how did you first get into the car industry? So it was it was a little bit by accident, Mark, I, I've got to admit. So my background, I'm an industrial economist. Um, I thought I'd uh, spend a lifetime, a lucrative lifetime in the world of banking, um, which I stepped into for a short period of time at the beginning of my career. I very soon realized that actually, although I enjoy numbers, banking definitely wasn't my passion. Um, I'd grown up with cars throughout my life from uh, a family background who had and still has today a very strong passion for cars, which I think I absorbed and inherited. And yeah, it was a bit of a a, a random encounter with a colleague uh, or or who became a colleague from BMW, an application, and I never really looked back. So yes, I've been in automotive for just over 20 years, uh, starting at BMW in the UK. Well, BMW, as my listeners know, is one of my brands of choice. I've driven many BMWs. We've had BMWs in our garage for over 30 years. I've still got a, my E46 M3 that I bought new <gasps> back in 05. Wonderful car. I just can't get rid of it. it I've had many Porsche. Uh, oh, yeah. Many Porsches around that car, 911s. And I just sold an older 87 Turbo that I had, but I kept the M3. And uh, yeah, I just love that car. I drove it yesterday, and I don't drive that much anymore because I work at home, but I just love 
crawling into that car. But of course, Jaguar, Land Rover, Rolls Royce. I mean, you were involved in a lot of very cool brands, but let's get into Moke because how did you migrate from these, I guess I should say very prestigious brands, sporty brands and Moke? Okay. How did that happen? So again, I mean, like a lot of these things, it's to do with chance encounters and a bit of serendipity. But for me, you know, back in 2016, 2017, I could see that the world of automotive was changing and changing quite dramatically. Being a part of a large legacy OEM organization, although it's very exciting, they create some amazing products. The pace of change, as we can see with the new market entrants that that, that are out there today, you know, who would have known in 2012 that Tesla would be where it is today. Oh, incredible. Um, but the pace of change is a, it's amazing. Yeah, Elon, that guy. That, that guy. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and they've, they've done some incredible things. And I, I could really see that the pace of change with the, the, the legacy OEMs, change was happening, but not probably fast enough to satisfy my personal need for change and drive for change and actually wanting to make sure that these incredible brands survive for the future. And this is where my serendipitous moment with Moat came along. This is a historically amazing brand without any legacy. And I just saw this as a real opportunity, although very different from the world of Rolls-Royce that I'd stepped away from. <laughs> you, you think? <laughs> yeah. I think you could put three mokes in the trunk of a Rolls-Royce. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so physically very different, but interestingly quite a common target audience. Um, so a moke is normally the third or fourth car for the third or fourth or even fifth home. Nobody really know, needs a moke, but everybody wants a moke. It's the ultimate icon for, for beach luxury lifestyle. So there were certainly lots of synergies but I felt a real opportunity not just to drive change from a product perspective, but also the accessibility of luxury, because clearly this is a very, very different price point of a vehicle. Well, absolutely. Now, Moke goes back to when was Moke originally founded and started? 1964. So it was a spin-off from the original um, British Leyland Mini brand um, and, a, and a vehicle that was originally intended to drop into pretty much army war zones or land zones to be used for on-ground transportation of people. Um, I think British Leyland quickly realized that a steel-bodied car to be dropped out of a, an aeroplane maybe wasn't going to work. And from a ground clearance perspective, they were they were effectively attempting to make a, a mini a mini Jeep, um, but the ground clearance didn't work. So they pivoted um, in, in real startup style and and found a niche for it on the French Riviera, which is actually where we're back now. Well, it's very cool. And for you trivia folks out there, did you all know that James Bond drove a moke in one of his movies, which I had heard that and I went, what? And I had to go back and do a little research and I oh, he did. Yeah, he did drive one. So uh, very cool. Well, one of the things that just recently happened that we want to talk about, I'm, I'm going to be having a guest very soon from this company, but EV Technology Group has acquired Moke. Tell me about this marriage that's happened. Yeah, so for us, it's... um. 
for the brand, I should say, it's a real opportunity. So we have spent the last 24, 36 months, um, you know, through COVID that we're all uh, wishing to forget and quickly forgetting right now. But for us, that was a, a great opportunity to refocus the business, especially as a brand that's focused on a coastal hotspot across the world when travel didn't happen. It gave us a real opportunity to refocus our minds. Um we quickly realized that, you know, the future of Moak was fully electric. We doubled down on engineering. We reshored our production facilities to the UK um, and really honed the, the value chains of our brand. So where we are now with the acquisition from EVTG, so our plans don't stop here, but what it enables us to do is really supercharge it. It gives us the investment availability so that we can move faster. And with the world pretty much in automotive moving so quickly right now, we want to ride that wave. And be at the top of the wave, not at the back of the wave. At the back of the wave. Yeah. You know, this is, and I love the fact that when I look back at your career, the other brands I mentioned earlier you worked with, you were also involved in marketing and moving those brands forward into different markets. So you've kind of taken this history of your career and combined all these different uh, facets, if you will, to this jewel of a history to take this company forward into the future. I mean, you couldn't have planned this, could you? Thanks, Mark. So it, it wasn't intentional. But yeah, I think I'd never really thought about it like that before. But yes, I, I've, I've had quite a diverse experience from um, go to market channels, vehicle software technology, product management, bringing together designers, engineers and manufacturing uh, capabilities to produce vehicles. So I've done lots of very diverse value chain roles. And this is really about bringing them all together. I think my recent experience as well from a software perspective, because this is going to change automotive and it is already changing automotive um, significantly and, and at pace. I think as we read in the news uh, this week, just with the uh, the, the firing or uh, the stepping down of Herbert Deese at, at VW, and I think software re was even cited there as a reason in, in these monumentally large businesses it's so important to move quickly. And that relationship for us with EVTG enables us to do, to do just that. Yeah, this renaissance that's happening in the automotive world is is almost too fast. It's just, it's moving so quickly. And I've had so many people on the show that are involved in the EV world, battery technology, and trying to keep up. And over here in the United States, of course, our challenges is our power grid is woefully behind the curve to keep up with this movement. So it'll be very interesting to see what happens over the next 10 years, 15 years with mandates, government mandates here of car manufacturers. I think GM said, uh, Barry said, by 2035, they're going to be all electric. And in our state of Washington, our governor has mandated that all electric cars or all cars here sold in 2030 are going to be electric. That's not that far away. So how these big monolith company, I mean, you're a smaller company, so you guys are probably a lot more agile, can move faster. Exactly. We're, we're small. So although we've got a very long history from a brand perspective, we don't have the whole legacy that we need to bring along on the journey. You know, we, we're not producing EU6 powertrains. We don't have big um, ICE production facilities that we've got to transition. We've not got shareholder expectations that are based off the unit economics of yeah. <laughs> um, an ICE vehicle, for example. So absolutely. And because we're a smaller team, uh, we don't need to be big at this stage. It means we can move really, really fast. Yeah. So this new Moak, the EV Moak, we'll call it. Are you going to change the name or will it be Moak? Still, still Moak. The electric Moak. 
The electric milk. There you go. So will the new vehicle, as you're producing it, look just like the old vehicle from outside? So largely the current generation electric milk that we're just bringing to market now will look largely the same. There'll be some slight nuances, and that's predominantly from a safety perspective, where we've had to make minor adaptations, whether it's to raw edges on the vehicle, um, crash zones, seat configurations, heights, those those types of things that we just have to do because our ultimate priority is to keep people in our vehicle safe, um, whether that's MOC or any other, any other OEM across the world. So it won't look remarkably different, but there'll be some minor nuances that if you're a MOC um, aficionado, you will definitely notice. So how do you see your customers using the vehicle? I think customers will definitely be using them at their coastal locations. They will be used not as a daily drive. This isn't a car to kind of get you to eight from on a, on a normal commute from A to B, let me say. So I'd say it's going to be an occasional use, but the car has got a 120 kilometer range. Um, so I think that's circa 80 miles. So it's more than sufficient as a, as a daily driver should you want it to be. And for those that get to live in beautiful beach locations like La Jolla in California, Mark. Yeah, where I grew up, wonderful place, yeah. Absolutely. Then I can very much see this this being a daily driver. Sure. Or if you live maybe on an island, you have a ranch, you want to go into town. Yeah, all sorts of different applications. So it sounds wonderful. You know, what a great evolution of a brand because so many times these older brands just get outdated and they just disappear. So my hat's off to you and your team for looking ahead and keeping this fun brand because Moke is an acronym for fun in my mind. I mean, and for you listeners that maybe aren't aware of what are they talking about? We'll put links to the the website. I'm sure everybody kind of knows about a Moke. I think of a Moke as like a VW bug. It makes everyone smile when they see it. You know, I like to ask my guests about what I call driving inspirations. These are people who have been key mentors, influencers, or very helpful people in your career. Do you have somebody like that in your life? Yeah, I mean, I've been lucky enough to have lots of mentors that have really supported and helped me along the way in my career and my journey, people that I've been able to call on for advice, and I still do today, to name one amongst many. So I'm still uh, very close to one of my mentors from my very early days at BMW, Ian Robertson, who was the first Brit to get onto the BMW board, um, and he's still a a close advisor. And at the other end of the spectrum, you know, there's people like Wouter Witwer, who you're going to be meeting soon, Mark, yes. who is absolutely inspirational. And regardless of you know people's length of time in automotive, their experience and the breadth of experience is what I find incredibly interesting, um, helpful, and motivating. Yes, he's uh, involved with EV Technology Group, correct? He is. So sorry, I should mention that Wouter Witwer is the CEO of Electric Vehicle Technologies Group. Yes, absolutely. He's going to be a guest in the next day or so here on Cars. Yeah. So you can hear the other side of a company that looks around for opportunities, sees Moke and says, this would be a great combination of brands and marriage uh, to bring something forward in the future. So I can't wait to talk to him to kind of hear about the other side. We're going to take a short break and thank our sponsors. We come back. I want to talk a little bit more about you and call and your passion. So uh, sit tight. Uh, We'll fire up the tractor for you and we'll be ready when we get back on the other side. We'll be right back. (laughs) Jim Canova is a past guest here on Cars Yeah and he's detailed over 8,000 vehicles. 
and that kind of professional experience leads to innovation. He was tired of uncomfortable stools and creepers and being down on his knees when detailing cars. So as a result, Jim thought, you know what, there must be a better way. And he invented the Bumby Seat. His unique design gets you off your knees and your bum onto a far more comfortable seating position for all your low-level automotive detailing. The Bumby Seat, with its patented full-flat design, allows you to adjust your position to the task at hand. Convenient side trays hold your car care products, tools, cloths, or a tasty beverage. Built for the toughest driveways and garage tasks, the Bumby Seat has wheels that roll easily over almost any surface, and it makes a great around-the-home adjustable stool for hobbies, yard work, or take it to the car show. The full-flat design makes storage a breeze. Jim has launched an Indiegogo fundraiser, and you can get in on the start of what's sure to be an industry favorite. Go to Indiegogo.com and type in Bumby Seat, that's B-U-M-B-E-E, Seat, to be one of the first in line to start improving your automotive detailing experience today. That's Bumby Seat on the Indiegogo.com website. A fun folding mobile seat design. You listeners know that I'm a huge car care fanatic, and my friends at AutoGeek created their Wolfgang Deep Gloss Paint Sealant for perfectionists like you and me. Wolfgang Deep Gloss Paint Sealant is designed to provide long-lasting protection and a glossy, slick finish that, well, it's unmatched. The use of polymer technology ensures your paint is protected from environmental contaminants, those damaging UV rays, and lasts up to three months long. By providing the glossy look of carnauba wax with the longevity of a synthetic formula, Wolfgang Deep Gloss Paint Sealant is the best of both worlds. Go to autogeek.net to get yours for the best product selection on the internet today, along with their skilled technical support. Autogeek.net is where I go for all my detailing needs. That's autogeek.net. Linkage. It's a new quarterly publication and website that covers the automotive market, driving, restoring, collecting, and discovering your passion for motor vehicles. Linkage is about experiences, opinions, and values. Linkage is an actual, informed, reasoned opinion based on first-hand experiences. A talented Linkage team covers the automotive world, the people who share your passion and mine, smart, considered, rational, and experienced opinions, ones you can learn from and grow. That includes our passion that drives auctions and the collector car market. So come with me and join us on this journey. And be sure to use the code CARSYEAH when you subscribe, and they'll give you $10 off. Boom! Linkage, geared for the automotive life. Subscribe today at LinkageMag.com. So we are back, Isabel. I like to ask what I call the challenge question. This is something in your life that was a huge challenge, maybe even a big failure, better yet, because those of us who challenge ourselves in life do have these things that we run up against, but they are how we grow. So I'd love for you to share one, but more importantly, what was the positive experience learned lesson that allowed you to go forward? So I've I've got so many to mention, Mark, and <laughs> okay. I absolutely I absolutely agree with you that you know it's the challenges that are the making of people, but not just making of people, also making of businesses. 
I think these type of experiences enable us as individuals to build resilience, to help us focus, learning to think around problems, to find solutions, and ultimately failures create tenacity that then enable you to, to, to eventually succeed. And I think all of these things are very important when you're assuming leadership positions. So in order to become a successful leader, you have to have failed on multiple occasions and taken those lessons. To name one particular example, whether you call it a challenge, an experience or a failure, I think of it as a failure because something that I intended to do didn't turn into reality. Back in 2012, extreme desire. At that point, I was the head of product for Rolls-Royce, so product strategy and which vehicle we will be bringing to market, everything from the vehicle, the concept, uh, which regions across the world, and also powertrains. And back in 2012, a full battery electric vehicle was quite far away from people's imaginations. Um, I was quite passionate that Rolls-Royce as a brand is a leader and not a follower. And so we built a prototype fully electric vehicle, the 102 EX, which we showcased at the Geneva Motor Show. And we were incredibly proud of this car. It, From a product and a brand perspective, it's wonderful. It fulfilled everything from a magic carpet ride that really, it was almost, almost as if um, Rolls-Royce had been invented to be electric because it fulfilled all of our product attributes. Um, however, we were too early. The technology wasn't there the vehicle was too heavy and the risk appetite of the business, you can imagine going to Munich to uh, convince a board of management that sits in a building that's called the four cylinder building. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I've been <laughs> they, there. Yeah. <laughs> it's an ominous place. Yeah. It, it's, it's an ominous like bond lair. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of, yeah. Dr. Evil Empire. Not to diminish anybody in that brand, but I know what you mean. I mean, you got a lot of C-suite folks sitting up there looking around at a lot of money and a lot of future going, you want to do what? Yeah. You know, in, in this building even being called a four-cylinder building, yeah. referencing the, yeah, the combustion, combustion engine. engine. <laughs> yeah. You, you kind of lost before you walked in the front door. Yeah. It was a bit of a frosty welcome, let's say. And yeah, I realized that timing is everything, but absolutely it was important to, it's important for people to have done this, made the mistakes so that when it comes to the table again, it's accelerated. And you know, you can see in the news now that Spectre will be the next car that comes to market for Rolls-Royce and it will be fully electric. So that isn't because of me, but I'd like to think that there's something in the in, in, in the background that our failures created success in the end. Yeah, Spectre, interesting name. Isn't that kind of like a James Bond menace? Yeah, uh, interesting. There's a, there's a theme going on here, isn't there? A, a little bit, yeah. I think this is kind of cool. You, you know, they say it's a lot of the, the folks that are in the lead are the ones that get the arrows as they come over the hill and uh, you know they try to be innovative a bit too early without being really prepared but those are things that have to happen you know it's, it's like even in our personal world we have this grand plan of something we want to be but if you move too fast and you don't learn everything first uh, you kind of fall on your face and can fail so uh very interesting i do remember that that vehicle way back when and thinking, okay, how am I going to plug it in? Where do I plug it in if I'm halfway across the country? But we're still faced with those challenges. But congratulations for, for taking that bold move. That's, that is very cool. I love it. Thank you. 
So let's talk about, and maybe it's too early to introduce this, but I'll introduce this, but I like to talk about bucket lists. When we think about Moak, what is the future past where you are right now? And I know you're in the, the throes of, okay, now we're producing these vehicles. We're going to be delivering these vehicles. Is there something in the future you can share a little bit with us? I mean, uh, it's absolutely our mission um, to reestablish Moak as the luxury beach lifestyle brand. And that is very much achievable and in our sights. We are fully electric. Sustainability is an absolute core value for us. Um, we recently announced um, a partnership together with the Blue Marine Foundation whose mission is to reinvigorate our, our oceans with natural life across the world. And this is absolutely core and key to, to everything that we do. So where we are today is not where we will stand still. We have very ambitious plans, realistic but ambitious plans for the future um, with sustainability running through everything that we do. Um, and I can see a future where... Moke, I think it has a brand elasticity that we, we we can move beyond where we are today. Where that will go, I'm not in a position to divulge too much today, sure. but we've got very much an exciting future ahead of us. I have no doubt. Yeah, I love this. Uh, the old brands coming forward into the new world. And I've had many guests on the show who are even taking old classic cars and putting EV power into them. And at first, uh, those of us purists were going, blasphemy, how can you put an EV in a Jaguar XKE, which I saw on the lawn during car week at uh, Quail uh, back in 2018, I think it was. And standing there listening to people just go, they can't do this. This is terrible. And of course now, well, maybe that's not a bad idea. That might be kind of cool. Okay. So, uh, yeah, no more Lucas Electronics. <laughs> Sorry, Dr. Lucas. I don't want to upset you. <laughs> I have a history with him, too, but we'll talk about that sometime over a pint, I think. Uh, I don't want to bring it up now because I might blow the whole computer up. I would like to talk about a special vehicle story for you. You're a lady who has been around some incredible automobiles. Maybe it's that tractor, but I'm kind of hoping it might be something else. But tractors are cool. I understand it. But uh, yeah, tell us about a special vehicle in your past. So, of course, as everybody has a Moke memory, so I wouldn't be doing my job if I didn't mention Moke first. Okay. I drove I drove my first Moke um, in Australia on Magnetic Island. Whoa. Um, no, on, now, wait a minute. Hold, what, did you just say Magnetic Island? Did you, I mean, think about this for a moment. Your first Moke-driven electric, mag, okay, how'd you, you, I know you didn't plan this, but serendipitous, you said that word a few times, right? I did. I did. And there we go. Yeah. With my now husband, we were on holiday and we, we rented a moke on Magnetic Island. Wow. So, and that moke memory has stayed with me forever. I think as everyone's first experiences or memorable experiences with mokes do. But my other car that I wanted to mention, which is close to my heart and I don't know whether to your listeners this will be recognizable, but there's a, an old historic brand in the UK called Reliant. Reliant, of course. Yeah. Yeah. So my first car was actually a Reliant Scimitar GTE that Princess Anne, the Queen's daughter, also drove. And my dad had bought it for my mum. Yeah. year that I was born, garaged it, and then I got that as my first car. Whoa. So that is my absolute special vehicle because that is the car that probably got me to where I am today. That car, if I think back, did they make a shooting brake version of that car? Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, that was it. It was a GTE shooting brake in Everest white. That car kind of looks like a, a Jensen Interceptor kind of sort of maybe, right? It definitely does. Yeah. A full fiberglass body. I've never had as strong biceps as when I could when I when I drove <laughs> that car because the steering was so heavy. But yeah, it was an incredible car. Wow. Hey, you've driven some cool stuff, Isabel. That is very neat. I like that. Very unique car. And for you listeners that maybe don't know what that is, I'll put a link to that. Or you can just uh, Google that, of course, because we can find about everything on Google. Uh, my son works there, so I always say, "Hey, thanks, Blake, for uh, keeping me in touch with the world." That's kind of cool. So. I'm going to crawl into your head and I'll be your car psychologist today. Uh, I'd like to know if you were reincarnated, pun intended, manifest as a vehicle. Now, this isn't what you want to be. That'd be far too easy. This is who you perceive as the woman in the mirror, who you really are deep down inside, manifest as a vehicle. What would you be, but more importantly, why? So this one, I've got to admit, Mark, has been quite challenging for me. Good. Because the first car that I got to was an E46 M3 convertible. Okay, now wait a minute. We just talked about that in our pre-show chat. I've got an E46 in my garage. Wonderful cars. Okay, where are we going with this? Why an E46? (laughs) So an E46, because actually it's... And it's fast. I I am quite fast. I do lots of sports. I say convertible because I love being outdoors. It's an incredibly dynamic car. I think it's extremely well balanced. And it's also got practicality that comes alongside. And I am a very practical person. The, The piece then that was missing was... I'm not German. I'm British. <laughs> yes. So clearly I've got to go for a British car. Okay. So I think I would probably be the love child of a Lotus Elan Series 2. Okay. And an E46 M3 because that adds that little bit of quirkiness with the Lotus. It does miss the practicality, but it adds that absolute quintessential British element. You know, I love this. I love it when people take, I've had what I call Frankenstein answers to that, you know, merging of different things, but that makes sense to me. Yeah, I like that. You know, that's why I bought my M3s. I've always had sports cars like Porsche 911s, but as daily commuter cars, and then we started having children, my wife and I, they don't work that well. Uh, The older Porsches, child seats didn't even fit in them so we couldn't you know safely put them in a vehicle and that's why i converted first to an e36 m3 and the e46 m3 because it has those back seats and of course then they started putting four doors on those cars but i still can't figure out why would you do that that doesn't work but uh and the convertibles of course are fun and that kind of goes back to your moke mokes don't have tops on them right so yeah yeah so that kind of makes sense but a lotus salon beautiful car too so nicely done that's great i like to ask my guests about how they like to or their brands like to give back to the automotive sector or people in general is there a, a way that moke or you like to give back to others so speaking specifically about MOC, I've mentioned uh, our core value of sustainability. So we do an awful lot with um, the Blue Marine Foundation, as I've already mentioned, and there's going to be more to come. We've only just announced our relationship with them, but this is core in everything that we do. Um, in future, it will then flow through to every single uh, value chain that we operate and sustainability, environmental, social sustainability is incredibly important for us. We also, and this is this is more on my personal side, as a woman in a very 
heavily male-dominated industry, I like to give back and help other women on their journeys through automotive. So I spend a lot of my time mentoring, using my experiences where I can help others. So I've I've got a a lot of of women that I help on their journeys too. Um, And also the next generation, being the mother of two girls, this is incredibly important for me. I'm the proud mother of um, two extremely engaged um, and motivated girls, one of whom plays semi-professional football and wow. we, we sponsor, sorry, soccer. Well I, that, well, I knew what you were talking about. The accent gave it away. <laughs> <laughs> it does, doesn't it? Yes. So Moak actually sponsors uh, girls' football teams on the South Coast in the UK. As I mentioned, helping future leaders is, is really important and I'm very passionate that team sport as well as a combination of work in social environments really helps build future leadership skills, which girls really need to become successful women leaders. Well, absolutely. You know, I think this is wonderful. I I made a dedicated effort when I started this podcast to include women in the podcast because the automotive world is very male dominated. And my first guest was Diane Brandon, who's become a great (laughs) friend. And she's also a Rolls-Royce and Bentley expert. She's been a judge, a key Rolls-Royce Bentley judge during Car Week at Pebble Beach Concours and other Concours events for 32 years now, I believe. And you'll love this. She has invited me to ride onto the lawn at Pebble. This uh, this is my 32nd year going to Pebble Beach in a, I think it's a 32 Gaber-bodied Bentley uh, that's coming over from Japan. So I'm going to get to ride onto the lawn a Sunday morning at the Pebble Beach Concord, giving the Queen's wave uh, as to all the spectators as we go by. Yeah, I got to practice on that. And uh, yeah, so you'll love that. But I've had hundreds of women on Cars Yeah. And for all you listeners, uh, you probably already know this, but you can go to Cars Yeah, go into the resources tab and find all the incredible women, including Isabel now, who's part of the alumni here at Cars Yeah. So fantastic. I love that. How about a great book you'd like to share? So... I can't name one. I've, I've chosen an author instead, if that's okay, Mark. That's fine. But anything written by Matthew Zayed, I think, is incredible. Okay, what I'll do. I have another place on my website called Guest Recommended Books. There's over 2,500 books listed there for you listeners. You can go there. You can click on any. clicks you directly into Amazon where you can buy a book. Uh, I'll put, maybe I'll pick a couple of books by Matthew, uh, if you don't mind. And we'll include his author's page on there too. But yeah, awesome, awesome author. Okay, today I'm going to enable you to have some fun. I'm going to buy you any vehicle in the world. Doesn't matter how much it costs. I'm going to deliver it anywhere you'd like. And you can take anybody on this drive, including somebody who's passed. So I've had some very interesting answers to this question. One of my guests even said, I think I'd like to take God with me. Okay, that's going to be hard for me to arrange, but I'll do what I can. Uh, So uh, yeah, what does the ultimate drive look like for a lady like you who's been around so many cool cars? So I think if it was to have a conversation, there's probably one car that I would name because it's a car that you can go anywhere with. It's incredibly comfortable, whether you're in the front or the back. And that for me is a Range Rover. Oh, okay. Very nice. Ideally, I wouldn't be driving. My guest wouldn't be driving. So ideally an EWB Range Rover with a driver so that if I had this opportunity, I could fully focus on all of my questions that I wanted to ask my guests. I like it. Now, see, there's kind of a unique answer. I don't think anyone's, well, maybe one or two people out of 2,100 have said that, but that's rare. Super. And then if my guest were, hmm, question is dead or alive, 
as well. If well, we can I'm going resurrect- to bring them back. Yeah, there won't be a dead body with you in the car. I wouldn't want to do that. No, uh, I'll, I'll bring them back. Yeah. <laughs> Super amazing. Resurrect is the right word. Yep. <laughs> So if we could resurrect Margaret Thatcher as the first oh my gosh. W- woman British prime, man- prime minister, you, you know, whether whether you love or hate her politics, what an incredible woman oh, to, yeah. in that era, have assumed for such a long period of time uh, the, that leadership position. So I think it would definitely be Margaret Thatcher. And I would be so curious about the successes and also, Mark, the failures that she learned the most from. What a powerful person uh, Margaret Thatcher was. I mean, just absolutely, for people that have not studied history, to go back and look at what, not only what she did, but what she had to deal with. And all politicians have to deal with a lot of bad stuff. But the time and the period and what was happening in the UK at that time, absolutely fascinating. So would you be in the English countryside somewhere fun or maybe up in Ireland or... Yeah, I think probably on some kind of Highlands tour with some beautiful scenery, um, a, a Margaret Thatcher for company, um, and also you know quintessentially British with some tea and scones probably along the way. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna mix this up and make it even more interesting. How about the current Queen of England thrown in just for fun? She's absolutely well. I have two lists. I have a dead and an alive list. Oh, so okay. On the alive well, list, <laughs> number one is the Queen. Well, one hundred percent. Can I can't you know I can't imagine. I mean, anybody who has experienced what she has experienced when you go all the way back, it's uh, it's amazing to me. I don't know how you do that. You know, I mean, people kind of look at the outside of this. Oh, she's the queen, wears a crown and lives in a castle. But that, no, uh, there's just so much more to this. And then you add the intrigue of the royal family and then the politics. And I don't even know how she's still alive, quite honestly, because just of the pressure. She must be able to handle pressure in a different way than I could handle pressure because it would have just blown me to pieces. Absolutely. And this is a woman that can't really take a holiday, has never taken a real holiday. And has spent her entire life working. She's still not stopped. No, no, it's absolutely incredible. Yeah, phenomenal, actually. What a wonderful ride that would be. Well, you have taken us on a wonderful ride today. I know when you involved cars and moke and the UK and uh, a very bright lady such as you that we would have some fun today. Could you share maybe some words of inspiration, wisdom before we let you go today? Of course, I'd love to, Mark. So my words of wisdom, I think in, in order to, to achieve what you want to achieve and really achieve your dreams, you've got to keep focused. I think focus is one of the most important things. Keeping your head back down despite the setbacks that we've discussed before, challenges, failures, because success isn't easy. It's really hard work yeah. and you've got you've got a graft and you've got, got to work really hard. I think the second piece of advice, and I've come across this quite a lot in my career, is, you know, a lot of people are afraid of working with or for people that they perceive to be better than them. Mm. And actually, you've got to think in, in 180 to, the, to that attitude. You've got to think completely the opposite because it's by working with people that are, have got different experiences that have got broader experiences and that quite honestly may be better than you, that's where you're going to learn. You're going to grow faster um, and you're going to get to your goals quicker. I, I like to think of it as when when I play tennis, which isn't as often as it should be, that I always play a better game when I'm playing with someone that's far better than I am. Yep. So absolutely embrace those people in in your life and keep them close to you. 
You know, I love what you just said for a couple of reasons. My mother suggested that to me. She always said, pick your friends wisely. Pick friends that you perceive as way stronger, way smarter, way better than you perceive yourself because you can strive to reach their levels. And when I started playing tennis in high school, she said, now, wouldn't you rather play with uh, Agassi than somebody that you know you could beat? Because he's going to wipe the court with you, but you're going to lo- learn a few things. And the other thing she told me, which you'll laugh at, is when you get married, marry a woman who's way smarter than you. She will keep you on your toes. And I did just that. I married an engineer, and Jill is way smarter than me. We've been married almost 40 years, and she does keep me on my toes. Uh, that's for sure. So great advice. Absolutely. How can people learn more about Moke and EV Technology Group? So you can visit us at www.mokeinternational.com or follow us on LinkedIn, Instagram. Um, but beware of limitations. There is only one genuine Moke. Absolutely. And uh, as we said, I've got uh, the CEO of EV Technologies coming up in a day or two. So we'll learn the other side of this acquisition, this marriage that's happening between these brands, which I think is wonderful. I want to do a shout out to our mutual friend, Nick Francis, at Associate Director. He's the Associate Director at Influence Associates. They bring me some wonderful guests. Nick, thank you very much. That's very cool of you. Isabel, thanks for being so generous today with your time and your expertise for sharing the future of Moke. This is so exciting. I can't wait to get in a Moke electrified. I think that'll be very cool. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you down the road, hopefully in a Moke. Or playing tennis, Mark. Well, I don't know. You'd probably beat me, but that would be a good thing. So there you go. Thanks, Isabel. This was great. Thanks, Mark. Did you know that less than 3% of all automotive technicians in the U.S. are women? You may not be surprised, but you should be concerned because our country is facing a massive technician shortage right now. Skilled, qualified techs are in high demand, and we need young men and women to consider these viable career paths. Cars yeah knows that women make great techs. I've interviewed a lot of them, so we support the nonprofit TechForce Foundation and its Women Tech Rocks initiative to ensure women see themselves in this profession, the industry, and the workforce. Learn more at techforce.org today. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah. Yeah.